Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Pickless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. It looks like uh, the lady of the house has decorated uh, some hearts around the place in celebration of February and uh, Valentine's Day. Am I I pronouncing that wrong? The massacre? No, not the massacre. Oh. The one where like there's this little like baby with like a bow and arrow who shoots people. Oh. So does that mean that your home is you know delicately uh, gracing its presence with Tommy guns and blood? Because that that would be I mean fun. I mean I might be able to get my guns back this month, so I'm a little excited about that. Oh, I was just thinking like little stuck up to- yeah. uh, uh, stickers of Tommy guns, like the little hearts here. Yeah, maybe. Oh. You know, it never occurred to me that no one ever celebrates Valentine's Day with actual human hearts. <laughs> I you mentioned that and all Some I have Southeast Cannibal Tribe. All I have stuck in okay, my head. Okay, fine, not nobody. Is what is it Raiders of the Lost Ark where like the 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 Nazi guy like reaches in and pulls the oh, guy's yeah. heart out, right? And it's still pumping as he mm. shows it to him. Like that's that's what I think of when you mention celebrating Valentine's Day with human hearts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know that might actually happen. There's a a whole lot of nervous tissue in the heart specifically to keep it pumping in case it loses signal from your spine. So it might still be pumping if you pulled it from someone's chest. So that's true? Like, that can be done? It's possible. Well, I mean, they have heart tissue in, like, Petri dishes still. Sure. I mean, I've I've heard of this, especially, like, um, old, uh, what do we call it, Black Belt Theater, Kung Fu Theater, you know, type movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I will tear your heart out and show it to you before you die, or whatever, right? It's entirely possible that it might be freaking out and just, like, pump, 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 pump. Yeah. Man. Instead of just, like, a chill... Sit, resting, heartbeat, thump, 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 thump. Well, there's some organ donor delivery guy going, yeah, that's totally what happens in the box in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying the to remember. The cooler just fl- bounces no, around and I'm shakes. Trying to, I'm trying to remember the story. It was well before I I probably even listened to Free Talk Live, but it was a, a story of like the uh, the accidental swap of the little Playmate cooler. Right. So apparently, okay. apparently they they put these like when, you know, when like some guy dies and he signed the thing on his owner, yeah. organ donor, like it and they take him in and like, oh, we've got a waiting list of people waiting for X organ. I don't know if it was a they heart pull out or a tuna sandwich. And yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> like the guy showed up at like, you know, at the hospital or whatever. And they're like, OK, here it is. They open it up and it's somebody's lunch. <laughs> Literally. Some construction worker up on top of the building. Like, oh, man, I could really go for a tuna sandwich right about now. I don't know. It opens that it was, up a human heart. I don't know that it was a tuna sandwich, but it was, okay. you know, lunch nonetheless. Whatever obvious, it is. Obviously, like somebody's home packed lunch. And then like the other person got you know, the, the organ that was awaiting It's transplant. some kid in the cafeteria. And he's like, oh, I'll trade you. Who looks spleen for lunch or whatever? I told mom no liver. <laughs> no onions to go with it either. <laughs> he's asking lunch lady, hey, um, can you fry me up some onions, please? I'm like, why? I'm like, because well, I, I got an organ here I'm going to eat for lunch. Can you cook this? My mom gave it to me raw. <laughs> We've talked about this kind of thing before, and I believe we've actually talked about this pastor Uh-oh. before. He's not the pastor of disaster. No. Instead, he's an Ohio pastor who has been targeted. This is from... Cincinnati. By the state. It, it, totally. We've heard of this kind of thing before, right? Yep. 
Uh, somebody, some church tries to feed the homeless. They're like, no, you don't have a permit. And the cops show up and like dump all the food or house or them, pour, yeah, they, pour they bleach are, on it or whatever. Yeah, they are real sticklers about feeding the homeless. <sighs> Churches like, aren't allowed to do it. Uh, food not bombs keeps getting kicked out of places. But yeah, you're just not allowed to solve this problem. But voluntarily, right? Exactly. Yeah. That is their problem to leave unsolved and thus yeah. get more votes. Well, it's not course, like they're solving it. Right. right. But that is, of course, you can solve it if you've paid. Mm. If you've paid for the license, for the fee. If you've asked permission like a coward, right? And then also paid the powers that be for the permission, for the slip, for the piece of paper that says, yes, you've paid your slave owners. And now you may feed the homeless. You have not paid the monopoly on evil that you are allowed to do good. Well, okay, let's clear this up as well. The likelihood is that this church has filed with the state for uh, tax-exempt nonprofit status. My guess, yes. So they've already got a permission slip. So if we're going to hang it on permission slips, they theoretically could go get one more to do what they're doing legally, just as they did to re- keep uh, remain tax exempt. But let's find out, because right. the headline says, and this is from Cincinnati.com, Ohio City targets pastor who helped homeless stay warm in freezing weather. What's the crime? Question mark. And uh, brought them inside. I, it seems to be that that's the crime, at least. Uh, from I, I've only breezed through this article. I haven't like you know read it in depth. Uh, but the subheadline is: being homeless is not a crime. Helping the homeless should not be a crime. The real crime is that we do not do nearly enough to help those in need. Well, hold on. Being homeless is actually a crime. In some loitering. Places. No, I mean, most, like, cities, most loitering, cities have, yeah, yeah loitering Vagrancy. Laws. Yeah, loitering, right. vagrancy. Yeah, no, like, in it's one of the damnable miseries of our society that you are not allowed to exist without someone paying for the privilege. There's nowhere that you are allowed to just be. Yeah, this is true. Try not having a physical mailing address for a while. See how your life goes. Well, we didn't get to the article a week or two ago. Right, where they're banning stopping from walking in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you can't even stop your motion yeah. without it being a crime. Yeah, in Vegas, let alone, you're just like, walking I'm down the here. street, and, like, you stop, and, like, a cop is around. They'll come up to you and be like, hey, move along. Right? Or, and Write if you, you a citation and at if you're this like, point. you're like, no, I'm just standing here. I'm smoking a cigarette or whatever, right? You know? They'll, yeah, they'll write you a citation, and that's a crime, apparently. So let alone being homeless or living or sitting or sleeping somewhere, right? You're not even allowed to stop moving. But look, man, it's it's just February, right? It just turned February, right? It's been January and February, typically the coldest months of the year, particularly in the northern regions, right? Ohio is in one of the northern regions where they get actual winter, sometimes yep. severe winter. You know, we're talking negative worse degrees, here. worse than New Hampshire, although we are getting down into the, the teens again this okay. week. So, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, for here. Well, cold, cold is cold. one thing, but they get like the blizzards. And the, you know, feats of snow. Yeah. We get that from time to time, but, like, not as regularly as, as they do in, like, Ohio and, like, Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa. And- the further north you go, yes. Yeah. But, like, I'm I'm a city dweller. Yeah. And a foot of snow is plenty. Oh, and d- it has been for, like, yeah. the last five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, while our society leaves far too many out in the cold, Reverend Chris Avell of Dad's Place in tiny Bryan, Ohio, 53 miles southwest of Toledo, finds himself in legal hot water. The pastor's supposed crime? Taking in homeless people. 
Avell is accused of violating the law when he opened the doors to his church 24 hours a day for those who needed to escape the elements. So he used his church as a sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, he used his sanctuary huh. as a as a well sanctuary. Right. Huh. I mean, this is the type of case that jury nullification is meant for, right? You take it to trial, yeah. jury goes like, there's no way we're finding him guilty. Wouldn't that be a great world to live in, Richie? It, it's theoretically possible. It is theoretically okay. possible. It would be great, and I really wish people were like that. I mean, I, I don't have it in front of me, but there was a recent case where something similar happened where they just couldn't prosecute somebody. Or whatever it was. I don't remember what it was. Maybe like the Fiji.org website has the example, right, where the jury nullified it and said no. Well, and the thing is, do it. the judges and the prosecutors, they are very, very good at uh, showmanship. Yes. And they thoroughly convince every jury that what they are there to do is very simple. They are not there to decide whether something evil was done. They, were, they are there very simply to decide whether or not this thing that we wrote down was violated according to our definitions. Right. And which is why organizations like the Fully Informed Jury Association exist and tries to spread the message of jury nullification far and wide yes. as an educational campaign so people know about it. Yeah, and these... when we we mention it on this show, hopefully we have people in Ohio, you know, listening and go go pass out literature for this guy at the local yeah, courthouse. Dear right? everyone listening, if you have a magic rectangle or a computer or a tablet in front of you, uh, go do a search for jury nullification. If you've never heard of it, you don't know what it is, do a search for it, read up on it, because it may save your life. It may save somebody else's life. You may save somebody else's life if you're called to jury duty and you go and you find that there's no victim. There are things that you can do as a juror and as a jury that uh, could save somebody's life. So, And keep your mouth shut because the goal at that point is not to find a way to get out of jury duty. It's trying to find a way to get on the jury to save someone else's life and, li- and livelihood. The Community Shelter Board counted 2,337 people designated as unhoused right in central Ohio during the January 25th, 23 point-in-time count. So somewhere in the north of 2,000 people uh, homeless in Ohio during the coldest part of January. Uh, The author says, I thought about those struggling to find safe housing in Columbus when I read the inhumane rationale from Bryan City officials for the charges against Avell. The city's engineer received complaints about people living in the church, which is zoned for business. See? A designation that prohibits residential usage on the first floor. Like, So they could have put them in the the, upper pews and it would have been fine? Or in the basement. So, again, wasn't the point of being a church not to be a business... So you're already letting them slide with that. What do you want you the state to zone? Could just as? not be evil. Like you how, know, just just right. be like you know, we're we're letting you be not a business in right. a business zone. Right. So we're just gonna go ahead and let you be not a residential yeah. in not a residential zone. How like, many zoning designations do you want the state to have, though? Zero. Uh, zero. Okay. Obviously, Here's a good number. All right. I like zero. I'll take that. But if, you, if it's like right now, it's like residential and commercial, and that's what you get. Well, and and uh, if residential or, things, if or really we could not have things centrally planned because it makes them worse. If they're really going to hold, this then you have church, pig farms next to houses, peakless. 
Um, no, you don't, because it's really hard to keep someone paying rent when they're next to a pig farm. Okay. If if they're really going to hold this church I mean, we know to, pig zoning, to zoning ordinances, shouldn't they just be like, hey, this area is zoned for business, which you are not, and like kick them out? Right? You would think that would be the thing to do. Like They should have done this many moons ago. Why is a non-business able to exist in a business zoned because they're also not residential they're not their their purpose is but not they're to not house a business people. right if it's I got zoned it. for that's, business that's right? wise but you got to pick one man i mean i guess residential yeah. commercial are they, you, are the they doing state's god's business the state has the designations uh-huh where would you put a church under under the state paradigm where would you put a church under the state paradigm where would i put a church where would you put a church um well non-profit so, so you've got to add a designation. So here's no, what I no would do. designation for nonprofit. I would say that you can't have them in either of them, and that will upset people enough that they'll go, why are we doing this? This is dumb. And then we stop zoning. They're not going to stop zoning. They're going to put them in the agricultural area, or they're going to force them out into non-zoned areas. Uh, agriculture is a zone. I know. Those are farming zones, and this is farming. It. They're not allowed to be there either. I got it. So then the unlikelihood is the unlikelihood is that people are going to rise up. The likelihood is they're going to have to go to where there is no zoning, and people are going to be upset that they have to travel that far to go to church, but that's what they're going to end up doing. And the churches where? will go out of business for lack of parishioners. That's, I, I yeah. don't think that's actually going to happen. I think okay. people will be upset enough to demand that you stop doing the thing that's keeping them from talking to God. That tends to be what people do. Well, normal churchgoers would probably understand that you don't need the building to talk to God, though. The author continues, I thought about a homeless man I wrote about years ago. He climbed into a dumpster to stay warm one cold winter night, and he was crushed to death the next morning by a garbage collector who did not realize he was in there. Oh, there was another story about that recently as well. Some lady got crushed and survived. Wow. Uh, Like those housed in Avell's church, the man needed somewhere to go. The only place he had was a trash dumpster. We have got to do better. A Milwaukee Journal Sentinel column I I read about Avell reminds me of what Jesse Vogel, a fellow at the Legal Aid Society of Columbus, recently wrote in his Dispatch Opinion guest column, about a father he encountered at a legal clinic for former Colonial Village apartment residents. An unlicensed property manager at that 508-unit apartment complex on Columbus's east side rented to people despite uh, despite rooms being boarded up and having no heat. Why would anyone stay in conditions like that? Where well else could we go, said the father, a Haitian immigrant. In a December 13th letter, Bryan Police Chief Gregory E. Rusky cited case law that backed up the charges that Avell faces. Oh, oh, you're a church. No, it doesn't matter if you're a church. We have case law. We have precedent. This what what you just said. They had nowhere else to go. That is an idea that permeates more than just this story, right? People are always like the the people are always trying to take care of those like the bottom rung Mm -hmm. during the worst stuff. Yep, unknowingly that. That's the best they can do. Right. Because if they could do better, they would. And this is where they're at. 
And if you take that away, you don't magically make them better. Right. You magically make them worse. Right, yeah. So stop doing that. Right, now they have nothing. It's like uh, when I was in Seattle. Like they, raising the minimum wage. There, there was all yeah. more unemployed people. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's what drives that activity at all. I don't think they're trying to take care of the homeless people. I think they're trying to get rid of the eyesore of it. Like well, they the are state trying is, to, but, but well, the church is trying to help. Oh yeah. Well, right. then, then yeah. let them go inside the church. It's a win-win. Right. The church takes care of them. There's no eyesore because they're off the street. Well, and, and the homeless again, people are warm. These are problems that we wouldn't have if there weren't all of these regulations keeping us from building quote-unquote substandard housing and putting these people indoors in the first place. The law might be on the side of the city, but that does not mean much to those who find themselves struggling to find shelter even if it is not ideal, safe, or warm. What Avell did was not perfect, but he did do something. How many of us can say the same? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean... Die, freeze to death outside the church, right? Or survive one more night in the church yep. illegally. Life or death, man. Yeah. Break like, the law. I mean, if I were a homeless person and about to freeze because, you know, it was below zero or whatever, even just below 30... Right. And like somebody opened the church and was like, dude, if you're cold, come on in. I'm coming in. You know, uh, if the state wants to do something great, far out solid, right on, you know. Or uh, go rob a liquor store and get arrested and spend the night in a nice warm jail cell. Mm. Yeah. Well, and There's that too. And you were I mean, saying. Don't do it violently, right? Just be like, hey, I'm robbing you. Call the cops. Right. You know? mm. Well, I mean, you were saying earlier about how uh, a lot of people are like, well, these are the things that are beyond the non aggression principle. And it's like, well, wait a second. Now, if you decide, I mean, you have to do something. Now, if what you decide to do is to embrace so much the non-aggression principle as to help other people be less violent, one of the things you could do is like, hey, when people are desperate, they're more likely to be violent. So I'm going to go find ways to make people less desperate. For yep. example, these people are about to be desperate because when you are that cold, you get real desperate real quick. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, and again, I'm fine with that, but it, you know, the, the non-aggression principle is the baseline. This is well above it. Well, the thing is, though, this is the same thing. You're just expanding to make the non-aggression easier well, this by is, somebody else. This is just basic yeah, human yeah. compassion is I what get it. it is, yeah. But, well, some, but sometimes, right, on occasion, mm -hmm. people will take their basic human compassion and allow the state to act on their behalf. Right, way too many times. Well, yeah. but yeah. but that's how you get a lot of policies enacted that benefit some sort of justice issue. Yeah, right. So, well, those people need to be helped, and you won't voluntarily help them. So we're going to compel your assistance through state programs. And these and we wouldn't occasional call that. flub ups are just the cost of living in a civilized society. If we just let these people do whatever they want to, there will be chaos all of the time. But we don't call that non-aggression plus, right? Because that's that, even though compassionate, maybe in intent, mm. is not compassionate in outcome. Yeah. The long arm of the law came down on him for doing what we as a society should do, providing a place for those among us who struggle. No one wants to stay in a church, but they had nowhere else to go, Avell told Fox News. Many of these people, they'd been rejected by their families. They'd been cast aside by their communities. If the church is not willing to lay down their life for them, who will? Well, and another example of compassionate intent can, in fact, do the exact opposite. So 
there are plenty of people, I guarantee you, that are that really honestly believe that the best thing for humanity is to just let these people die. Just okay. reduce the carbon footprint. They, you are the carbon they want to reduce. Yeah. That, that has don't been you very understand? Clear. If we don't reduce the carbon footprint, we are all going to die. So as heartless as it seems to you libertarians to just let people die in the cold, we need social order and sometimes some you got to break some eggs to make some omelets. It's also a misunderstanding of how carbon benefits life. So. <laughs> carbon literally is life. Is, well, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll take that answer too. The counts of L faces disregard a few facts. The unhoused needs somewhere to go. Being homeless is not a crime. Uh, it, I mean, I know it is like maybe not in their, some maybe places, not in their jurisdiction, but it shouldn't be. Uh, helping homeless people should also not be a crime. The real crime is that we as people do not do nearly enough to help those in need. And this sort of calls back to what you you guys are saying about like people outsourcing. Their charity. They yep. think that like, oh, well, I pay my taxes and they deal with that for me. No, that's not how it works. They don't deal with it for you. They don't take care of people for you. Nobody nobody takes your tax money and does charitable things with it, okay? It just doesn't happen. Well, they give out welfare to some people. I mean, it's not charitable in the sense, but they are helping those who can't right. with so, your money. So if people who complain about the homeless don't actually do anything other than uh, allow the states to take taxes, then they actually don't care about the homeless. I'll accept that. It's a virtue signal. Right. Yeah. It's lip service. There you go. Uh, the real crime is that we do not do nearly enough to help those in need. For this, society is the one who needs a day in court. Well, I I, I beg to differ with that last statement, but I get the point yeah. that this author is trying to make. Well, and I think that's really the core issue is that people equate government and society. And they're two different things. Like, in the absence of government, society still exists. Yeah, they Open are in, a frickin' history book. Yeah, they are, in fact, such different things. They are opposites. I will say this. You know what is annoying about X? I'm just going to share. The, like, I have, the fact that they changed their name from Twitter to okay, a I'll letter? Just, I'll, I'll call them Twitter then. If that <laughs> makes you feel better. Like, I'm not subscribed to Elon Musk, but I have multiple Twitter accounts that I use for, like, multiple facets of my life okay. that I don't want interspersed when I'm scrolling through news. Sure, yeah. But every single time Elon tweets, I get a notification on all of the accounts. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I blocked Elon him. Elon has tweeted. Yeah, I okay. straight up blocked him. Okay. Yeah, he... Like, uh, out, off the bat. Every now and again, I'll... I'll every now some... and again, he'll no, no. unblock himself. No, every now and again, I'll see some, you know, somebody will post something, and it's like, they're referencing someone that I've blocked, and I'm like, who did I block? Oh. Elon. Elon. That's who I blocked. But, All right, well, we've got some callers. But so. just the ego on that guy to think that everybody with every interest is interested in him well, just because he runs it. Yeah, I mean, it might be spelled Elon, but it's pronounced ego. Okay. Ego Musk. It. You should take a, a note from Tom. Did anyone ever hear from Tom? No, no. just the one time. Friends Welcome. with everybody yep. didn't bother anyone. Yeah. Yep, yep. Tom was cool. And we forsook him. Forsook? We did forsake forsaken. him. Forsaken. We, we, he, he was forsaken. Yes, by, well, everybody. Taken for granted. Definitely. We went, we love this Zuckerberg guy. I was thinking about this the Suck other it, day. Tom. I was thinking about this the other day that, like... We're leaving. They're like, social media, and, like, I find, like, tech in general uh, is most fun when it's early adoption season, right? So, like, when, when MySpace first came out, there was... Not 
the people were like, "What? What's a MySpace?" And like, it's only space. only the nerds were like, "Oh, dude, MySpace is cool. It's this website where you can blah blah blah, and you do this, that, the other. You Learn a little music, bit of HTML coding. Yeah, you know, and blah blah, you know. And so like, that's when it was the coolest. Was when it was a sort of a new thing. There was an exclusive, uh, if you will, nerd community." Right, who were just discovering it and figuring out how to use it and use all the features and customize it and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't until the general population was onboarded to MySpace that it began to suck. That's when I onboarded. Like I signed up, <laughs> I signed up for both MySpace and Facebook on like the same day. Really, in like two thousand and seven oh, or around wow. there. Wow. Okay. I was like, I'm, I knew of MySpace well before that. I just had zero interest. So, so, so my, MySpace was my first experience with uh, Web 2, and I'm against Web 2. I thought it was a terrible, terrible idea. Like, I get it. Everyone had basically the same website where they'd put up their face and their name and talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And MySpace went, you know, we could just do that for you. And everyone went, that just sounds way easier. So they all went to MySpace. And I thought oh, that was the Facebook? beginning. Of, or, no, yeah. no, 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 MySpace. MySpace. They, they had the, the uh, you know... The, the boilerplate form where you fill out, like, okay, here, put your profile picture. Oh, I know, and right, yeah. All that. Yeah, they tried to build your site for you instead right. of letting you or making you sort of do it yourself. Yeah, and I saw that and I'm like, what I thought was great about end. it was, was like, it, it forced people to learn a thing. So, like, it, you needed to know somebody on MySpace to be able to figure out how to build your own page, right? You're like, yeah, I got the MySpace. I'm trying to get into it, but like, I don't know any what HTML. Do do? What do I do? Here, I'll show you. And so it created like this sort of brotherhood, right? This sort of like, hey, I'll help you. This community of, I won't call them tech support, but like if you knew somebody who was already on MySpace, they were more likely to help you figure out how to build your own page because they had one and they had to get help from somebody else too. And so it just, it was this cascading interpersonal interaction that got more people on the MySpace. And then Facebook comes around. And there's like a mass migration because like the automation started happening that you're describing and Facebook was like, oh, well, this is a better thing. And everybody's like, yeah, Facebook's better. Everybody migrate over here. I was one of the last ones to move from MySpace to Facebook. I think because MySpace started to look like Facebook and then Facebook won. Right. Mm. I think the biggest thing was just that Facebook had the ability to look people up. MySpace, it was hard to find people. Yeah. You basically had to get a link from a person if you wanted their MySpace. What That's I a loved, benefit. Yeah, what I loved about MySpace, though, was like they didn't care. And to some extent, Facebook doesn't care either. But MySpace totally didn't care about pseudonyms. Right. And you could have as many MySpace pages as you wanted. Right. You could be Bill Smith. You could be Peakless Mountaineer. You could be Jane Doe. Right. It didn't matter. They didn't care. Right. Whereas Facebook decided to care. They decided at some point that, like, we have to crack down on people who aren't using their authentic names, right? And then Facebook, like, got into a bunch of crap with their user base about, well, what does authentic name mean? Do you mean government, government ID? No, mm. actually, they that's what they meant, but they weren't allowed to legally say that. So they had to say, like, you can verify your authentic uh, name by using something like a driver's license or a birth certificate or something with your authentic name on it. Right, and then it bat way down the list. They had a bunch of other stuff. Right. Well, I know your story, but yeah. I've shared mine as well. I'm I'm ID verified on Facebook and LinkedIn as Richie Rich. This is Crichton in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how's it going? Hey, good. What's on I, your mind? I wanted to revisit a topic that came up about a week or so ago between uh, 
you guys and uh, Mark Ridley of the Ridley Report. Dave Ridley. Dave Ridley. Dave Ridley. I'm sorry. Dave Ridley of the Ridley Report. He was reporting on a uh, U.N. movement to ban nuclear weaponry. And I called him a fascist. Yes, and I want to go there. Go there. I do want to go there. Please go there. You want to call Dave a fascist, or you want to argue with Richie about Dave not being a fascist? I'm not going to call Dave a fascist. Okay. But he's probably going to call me a fascist before we're over. But um, don't act like I'm, a fascist, okay and you won't get that. called a fascist. I, I am okay with being called names, but I want to present a slightly different perspective that you might appreciate. Um, okay. The United States is, has a treaty with pretty much every country in the world that it has any treaties with at all that says that it cannot possess. Uh, from a military or federal level, um, facilities that are capable of producing um, gas weapons, like sarin gas, those kinds of things. It's it's a weapons treaty. Um, and I'm hearing part them out. And parcel to this treaty, the United States prohibits itself from owning makeup companies. Okay. okay. It seems so bizarre, but I'm explaining. Sounds to me like there are ways of turning makeup companies into uh, chemical weapons manufacturers. So far, I'm not going to call you a fascist. Which is not really that surprising. I mean, all of the so-called chemicals, these are all petrochemicals. And the thing about petrochemicals, you can turn everything into everything. It's just a question of how expensive it is to do. But I'm going to explain to you why it is the government prohibits itself from doing that, even though it does not prohibit... Uh, private manufacturers from developing makeup companies. Is it because it looks good? The reason is, the reason is, even though um, the United States government does not care about making making weaponry at all, um, what they want to prevent is the ability, the, the, the problem of making a target for a foreign terrorist or attacker within the public. In other words, they don't want to make it obvious to their foreign adversaries that they have a facility that can make such a uh, gas weapon any kind of civilian area because it becomes its own problem, because it becomes a target for a foreign attack. Well, it would be that company's responsibility to defend itself. Right. That's yes, that's private. That's private ownership and private defense. And that's part of the problem. So what's the problem? The, the problem I'm speaking of is what, what between yourself and Dave Ridley. The argument is, is that he he made the point that it, that this treaty agree would potentially in some time in the future make nuclear weapons for these same governments illegal. Now, I agree with you. That does not mean that you as an individual should not be able to have a nuclear weapon. Well, that's, well, for why, the, for the that's why I called him a fascist, because he I said am, I couldn't. I am all for making it illegal for governments to own nuclear weapons. I think that the, gonna, I think the governments of the world have proven themselves to be the least responsible weapons users ever. And as such, any effort that we can make to keep weapons out of their hands is a good one. But that's not where I'm going. I, I knew you would agree with that. Where I'm going is, is that by you possessing a nuclear weapon, then you become a greater target. And the problem is, is not that you can't 
guarantee or, or roughly guarantee that you know what you're doing with your own weapon. The problem is, is that you can't ultimately defend yourself from a foreign national without the United States government's uh, participation in that. They should participate in that, but they won't. And you know they won't. Well, I don't even think they should, right? Private ownership, private defense. If I'm going to have a nuclear weapon, I again, this goes back to my property thing, like you have to be able to defend it. Luckily for you, you have a nuclear weapon, right? I understand that, but I'm, I'm trying to make the point that if you possess a nuclear weapon, you can't practically guarantee that. You can't be that defender. I don't have to guarantee guarantee anything. There is no guarantee of defense under any circumstance. You are putting the onus on the you are putting the onus on the owner to guarantee safety for for that you wouldn't put on anybody else. Do you understand that? Because you are acting as if government actors can guarantee safety of these things. When if you look at their track record, they do not. And they've written it into their and they've written it into their laws that they have no responsibility to. Sir, ma'am, actually, my point is that whether it's a government or not, they can't guarantee the safety of that weapon. And it is such a a dangerous. Look, you can't guarantee the safety of your passenger when you take them into your vehicle. This is Jack, I believe, calling from West Virginia. Is that right, Jack? Yes, sir. Hey, you're live on the radio. What's on your mind? Well, I'm not even sure what radio I'm on because uh, I'm listening to Free Talk Live and there's a bunch of girls on there talking, telling us to call in using this phone number. Uh-huh. So when I called it, I got you guys. So I don't even know who I'm uh, talking to now. So some of the radio stations that broadcast our show do what we call a delayed broadcast. Uh, and so okay. you're probably listening to a show from either Wednesday or Thursday when uh, we have Bonnie and Nikki on here. Uh, and At least we know what it takes to get them to call in. Get have a female <laughs> voice saying call into the show. We all got to talk like well, this from now on. The thing of it is, I mean, I mean, why can't they run you live tonight, you know, instead of something I agree. recorded yeah. like that? That would be a question for your local program director. Yep, indeed. If you want to call your local station okay. and, and ask, hey, uh, can you run Free Talk Live live instead of on a delay that that might help us uh, actually get on that station live we'd appreciate that but we what sure were the would. girls saying that you know compelled you to call and what would you like to talk about well uh, there's no point in me bringing it up because it, it has because they'll bring it up anyway what you guys have been talking about tonight <laughs> especially that last caller uh, who lost me in the first 30 seconds oh sorry about that um and then you, and then you got into it with him. So then both of you lost me. I, I did have a moment of eyes glaze over. There. Yeah, I have a tendency to get into right. it with callers when they're dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got a nonsensical call here now <laughs> because I know who I'm talking to now. <laughs> and uh, you guys were talking about MySpace and Facebook. Yeah. We were. Well, I I was also on MySpace. Uh, for for some period of time, mm-hmm. and then I heard this thing called Facebook. So I, I I logged into Facebook, and guess what? There was nobody there. <laughs> I mean, there were a few <sighs> businessmen Once there, and as I recall, they advertised it actually for business people to connect with each other, almost like LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And so anyway, I looked around. There was no one there. I went back to MySpace. So like six months later, all I hear is 
Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. So I logged back in again, you know, using a different name because I'd already left it. And all of a sudden, it seemed like the whole world was there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at that time, as you said, you could use a nickname, anything you wanted on Facebook. Right. And uh, you know how you save uh, your your bookmarks and so forth on your computer. My bookmark still has my original nickname used for Facebook. Wow. Anyway, so Facebook contacts everybody in the world and says, we have to have a real name. You've got to send us, like you said, a birth certificate or a driver's license or something that proves it. So I was adopted when I was 17. Okay. So I sent them my first birth certificate, which is not my legal name. Right. Because I didn't want Facebook to know my legal name. Okay. I, I think it's horrible. I mean, the cops must go to Facebook to find out everything in the world about you, right? Oh, yeah. All of the best criminals do. Yeah. And I say so, that, I mean more than know. just cops. Like, uh, I have heard countless, and I see it still to this day on the Facebook, where people are like, well, I'm getting ready to go on my two-week vacation to Mexico. Oh, Going to yeah. make sure I, you right. know, log off the thing. And, like, you know, I've notified the mail to stop delivering my mail. And I won't be back for two weeks. I'll send you guys lots of photos. Bye. And, like, okay. And those are the same people. Yeah, those are the same people that take pictures of their home. And the interior, yeah. and quite often, they're minor children. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, with you. these people are fools. What's wrong with them, right? Well. It's culturally acceptable now, for what? I mean, what's wrong with them is a legitimate question. I would start out with the public education system. And then I'd like to point out that their air, food, water, and everything else is extremely poisonous. So, yeah, there's a reason people are doing stupid things. And it's. Well, it, yeah, it goes back to the old saying, there's nothing free in this world. And, Amen. And uh, you're giving up more than money when you when you give in to Facebook and other platforms like yeah. it, you yeah. know. Uh, I believe this is Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Wow. Oh, it's nice to hear you guys. It's been a minute. Hey. <laughs> it's surprising to hear you <laughs> after so long. It's nice to hear. Yeah, I know. It's just... Uh... I just didn't, you know that, didn't they have that one guy that just talk about whatever they want to talk about show that, I mean, I'm you mean surprised talk that live? you guys are taking live calls. We've been taking, yeah. oh, uh, so I think what you're thinking about, Sarah, is um, we do the live call-in show now on Wednesday and Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. The rest of the days of the week, uh, we have a pre-recorded uh, show from what we call the family of Free Talk Live shows. So on Monday, there's this guy, Ernie, doing a show. On uh, Tuesday, it's uh, Nate and Chuck. And then on Friday, it's uh, Gardner. Uh, so th- these are pre-recorded shows. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just trying to introduce people to new content from new people, new hosts, and that kind of a thing. So uh, they're part of the Free Talk oh, Live family. Yeah. You know what? I think that's why I went out of commission. There was only one night. It was uh, Bonnie was taking live calls. All the other ones were pre-recorded. So uh, I just kind of got like got involved with all sorts of other stuff. She started running with the I, wrong crowd. Mm. <laughs> Did you start doing drugs, Sarah? No, I just okay, I just good. got um, really involved uh, putting on that library meeting and my network company. Mm-hmm. So there's a library room right by the entrance, 
And then we just have a welcome sign. Everybody just wanders in, ask questions, and that's it. And then they just um, stay up for five. And they, you know, we just give them our cards, and they and then they leave. So it's a it's an open meeting. So I've been involved with that. Okay, is this what you called so about tonight? Huh? Is this why you called tonight to talk about the library no, thing? I was just gonna. I, I I really want to talk about Eleanor Chavez. She got hit by a, a speeder going uh, running a red light here in um, Albuquerque, and they were remo- her family's remembering her. So I well now we're averaging like four pedestrian for hundred thousand people. So I'm still going to blame the state for this. Well, you know what? I did talk to the uh, state. Um, or governor's office people, and what they have told me that our community have fought and fought and fought, fought off the red light camera. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, really? I said, I'm one of those ones that really wanted to fight and fight to keep them on. So I'm, I guess there's a lot of people that showed up and really fought it. Yeah, but, I don't even uh, think it's so. the red light cameras. I don't think that in a free market, uh, the meat popsicle should have the right of way over the 3000 pound death machine right like that has to be mandated by the state otherwise people will be like I don't want to step off the curb if there's a 3000 pound death machine coming this you know in the other direction i will take care of my own safety don't people have a motivation to do that anyway no because the state goes you step into the crosswalk you have the right of way the car has to stop or they're in violation of the law, and so pedestrians will step out in front of the car. I think you underestimate what people would do if that law were changed. I think people would be just as likely to step out it? in front of the car. Oh, you well, know, the, 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 but they would be liable for themselves. you guys are at. Over here, that's the opposite. If you, you step out, they have the right to kill you and run off, and they'll never get caught. Over here, that's why we kill four pedestrians for every... 100,000 people. We're capacity. Oh, oh, that's not against the law in New Mexico? Wait, wait. You're saying that a car can hit a pedestrian and drive away and that's cool? Well, I mean, they never get caught. What's the... Well, that's different. They never get put to jail. I mean, for every one of them... So so there are laws against it, though, right? Like, if if you are in a car and you hit a pedestrian and then you drive away, uh, that is against New Mexico law currently, right? That's correct. Okay. But if you, uh, but, and, so and my suggestion is that, that caught, incentivizes people to step yeah, up. Yeah. So and then and then the lead, the law is be like, well, it's an accident. I didn't see that person. Well, well so my position is that uh, the laws as they exist today obviously do not work to prevent this from happening. Otherwise, well, it wouldn't happen. Well, this from Reason dot com. He was charged with human trafficking for driving his wife to work. Well, that sounds like a statey thing to do. Honestly, that is my problem with this entire term. Like, it's come to mean in people's minds, like, oh, well, you got some poor, unfortunate teenager from the Philippines and you hoard them out in the first world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these other terrible things. Oh, well, you, you got these people from here and you did terrible things to them. But that's not trafficking. Like, trafficking is moving it from one place to another. Yeah. Now, it's got a, a, an implication that it's not approved moving things, but that's all it is, is moving a thing. Yeah, like, he got uh, on the bus and was trafficked. 
right? right. To work like, this morning. Like people getting onto one of these uh, vans uh, from Mexico to get into the U.S., right? Technically, that's human trafficking. Oh, 100%. Even though they're doing it voluntarily and they want to, right? it's still human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, and I would suggest then that you would have to like use the legal terminal, the legal definition versus the common implications. Of the word. Which is? I don't know. Or but we could just stop is- using the word because it doesn't... It, look, there are certain terms that become useless at a certain point. I don't know well, about you when, guys. Pe- when people say human trafficking, they're not talking about like getting on the bus. Oh, that depends. I mean, as this article points out. Well, we'll because get- if they're wearing a badge, they might very well mean talking about, <laughs> oh, well, did that bus have its permits in order? We'll get into the article, yeah. but the, 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 the common understanding of human trafficking is the illegal move of people across borders. The uh, the subheadline here, the sole basis for targeting Joe was the race and ethnicity of his wife and her occupation at an Asian massage parlor, the lawsuit claims. Uh, a Utah man, this happened in Utah, huh? That makes sense. Uh, They're Mormons. A Utah man is suing after being implicated in a human trafficking ring for driving his wife to and from her job at an Asian massage business in Utah County. Oh, guilty of being Asian in Utah. <laughs> and working at a massage parlor. Right. Police raided the places in early 2021 and arrested Joseph Ferrari, not Ferrari, Ferrari, his wife, Ju Ying Wang, and several other women associated with the business where Wang worked. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yeah, no, it's... It, it I is, held it after the funny. first one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It is pretty funny that an Asian massage parlor is the place where Wang works. <laughs> or or doesn't anymore. <laughs> As the case may be. Let's see if we can get through this. A police document justifying Ferrari's arrest relies heavily on generalizations about Asian massage businesses and race-based stereotypes, including last names, apparently. It's also peppered with misinterpretations like describing Wang as a girl, even though she's in her 50s and two years older than Ferrari. Wouldn't rush hour qualify as human trafficking? Okay. I mean, by definition, you're moving humans from one place to another. Well, that's well. so here's the thing. It doesn't count if you're moving yourself. All right, so if you're carpooling, then your passengers Otherwise, are being trafficked? Otherwise, everyone would be human trafficking all of the time. So then the uh, state or and or city-sponsored buses, particularly in the uh, the urban areas, are all guilty of human trafficking? Well, yeah. Okay. All right. By the, by the common definition, probably not by the legal definition. Sure. I will yeah, continue I'm, to make that distinction. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm being flit and okay. pedantic. Oh. Not necessarily in that order. Okay. And no, I don't know what flit actually means. I just heard it a few times, and I think it's a cool word to say every now and again. All right. I've heard of things flitting here and there. Yes. Uh, I think it just means sort of like, uh, you know, irrational or like uh, spur of the moment, you know, being flit. And then pedantic, of course. Well, I'll have to explain it to you. You'll have to explain it to me? No. (laughs) That's pedantic. Yes. Pedantic. Is that that thing where you talk about how if it's three words, it still counts as a portmanteau? No, that's actually still a portmanteau. It is. So you've discovered. Indeed. I actually looked it up myself and was like, mm, yeah, okay, I see these definitions, but like, not all of them have that included, right? M- many definitions say it's a combination of two words exclusively, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't two mention, it didn't mention two or more. Like, out of the ones that I looked at, I probably looked at 10 definitions, two of them 
said two or more, and the rest didn't, which is why I asked you the Well, question. at the risk of being pedantic, mm-hmm. portmanteaus usually are two words. And yes. portmanteau is actually named after a kind of suitcase that is two sides that come together. So it being two things that mash into one thing is inherent in the like, visual idea. Yeah. But it's really hard to smash three words together. That's until You've seen how how easy it is to smash two, and it's yeah. kind of iffy. Yeah. So, but that's until like Trapper Keeper came along. Then it was like three folds. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Note that none of this evidence involves actual acts uncovered at the Sunflower Massage and its sister business. Rather, they are generalizations supposedly based on Lot's training and experience. So all and of the stereotypes, things, and stere- mostly stereotypes yeah. from his quotes, at least. Lot writes that many applications for Asian massage businesses have ownership names using out-of-state driver's licenses and addresses. <gasps> the horror. Typically, hey, tied- I am horrified of people coming in from out of state. But that's mostly because they're all from Massachusetts. Well, a lot. I mean, a lot of corporations register in Delaware, right? To yes. Get the tax breaks, and then they operate wherever <gasps> they do. Everyone's human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> this corporation exists in Delaware, and here you are it's in a, a different state, because mm. everything's in a different state. It's a smart way to do it. So uh, the cop goes on to say they have ownership names using out-of-state driver's licenses and addresses typically tied to the Southern California area, even though none of the women in this case had ties to Southern California, and tries to make the mere use of Chinese names sound suspect, <laughs> noting that... The names listed as owners on the massage business applications are often difficult to understand. Oh, my gosh. Could this guy be more racist? They're difficult to understand as Chinese names start with the last name first. Yeah, make the adjustment, pal. There's different cultures in this world, man. People do things differently. It's okay. Because it doesn't conform to your tiny brained world doesn't mean that, you know, you are correct. See, when you're filling out the form in the spot that says first name, you put the second name. And in the spot that says last name, you put the first name. And it's all good. Problem solved. You're welcome. Lot also makes repeated references to girls in the arrest documents, even though females involved in the case were all adult women. I wonder how old this guy is. They didn't say. Lot? Well, they said the the female in this case was like 50. Right. But I mean, this this cop, Lot. Okay. they didn't mention his age. Well, but how am I supposed to convince you that I'm right I if, if I don't, you know, fudge things a little? Like I have so many, so many, like imagine things, right? I'm imagining that Lot went to this place and he asked for the happy ending, and they were like, "No, okay," because they didn't want to get busted. Lot, the cop in question, points out that Ferrari and Wang met at a massage parlor where she provided him a sexual act in return for money, even though this isn't really relevant to the How long ago was this criminal wrongdoing <laughs> and lot suggests that the marriage may not be legitimate even though a short telephone call to a vital records office in texas would have confirmed the marriage according to ferrari's complaint i wonder this- if he actually thinks that or if it's just a really good excuse for why he's going after this guy he's going after what he's going after him and look at to- him look at him he's right. married to an asian right. you know that he only met her because she was giving him a handy in utah but 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 what it sounds like is he's trying to justify it you know wrongfully at every step of the investigation <laughs> but 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 she's asian right okay and that's not illegal you could be you can be asian in utah but she works you at can. a massage but she works at a massage parlor 
Uh, Asians work in massage parlors in Utah. But she married a guy that was a customer first. I mean, you can meet people in any sorts of circumstances. <laughs> Nothing illegal is happening. And then he just keeps making just, up stuff yeah, along totally the way, does. trying to justify this wrongful arrest and harassment. Joining forces with other local police departments, American Fork Police sent cops to quiz customers coming out of the massage businesses as they were investigating. <laughs> Can you imagine being a customer? You go into the Asian massage parlor, you get your massage, you come out, and there's cops there. Excuse me, sir, can we ask you some questions? Did she like, touch you anywhere inappropriately? I'd be like, no, sorry, officer, I don't answer questions. Well, that would be a, that would be appropriate answer. It would. But like, no, I asked for it. It was perfectly appropriate. Yeah, I'd like to point out that, like, let's 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 give him the benefit of the doubt. The cop, yeah, all right, just for a second here, I'll, I'll allow it. Like, okay, so let's let's say that he is in that, that all of this is true. I'm going undercover. Yeah, all of this is true. That, yeah, she, it's there like she know. is. She's she's a she's a prostitute. <laughs> so what, man? You're ruining people's lives so that you can stop people from interacting voluntarily. There's nothing yeah. evil here. There's nothing warlike. There's nothing bad going on here. No one's being but harmed. But you are ruining people's lives because that might be the case. Because some Asian chick like wouldn't go to prom with them in high school. Oh yeah, maybe. Oh, I didn't think of that. Realistic. He might have some, you know, sort of bad bad experience in his Would past. Not surprise whatever. me. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the police sent cops to quiz customers coming out of the massage business. That they were investigating. Quote, on all of these stops. <laughs> they pulled many, them over down the road. How many? Uh, the male customers have all acknowledged that there are happy endings offered to customers, writes oh. Lott in his affidavit for Ferrari's arrest. Put them on the stand. The police department started sending undercover cops to get massages at Sunflower Massage Parlor and associated massage businesses. Relax, wood. <laughs> and small rainbow oh, which had the right. same owner as sunflower and a place called magic massage masseuses at these businesses allegedly offered sexual extras to the undercover cops on multiple occasions the officers allegedly declined <laughs> in parentheses allegedly allegedly well as long as you're off is that like okay so let's say you're a cop and you get tabbed to do some undercover work. And your boss is like, okay, Richie Rich, I'm just using you as an example. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, Richie Rich. Uh, We're we using you, you to- as an example because we know you're an undercover cop. I want to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, the Fed. <laughs> well, why do you think you always take the extreme position? Because it's the right Like one. the Fed in every chat room. No, that's, we should blow him up. Here, let a, me get you some bombs. He's a bit of a provoker. You know? That is the, well, that, okay. <laughs> Real to sidebar that really quickly, yeah. right? The 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 problem that the any sort of freedom movement, you know, anti-government movement has right now, yeah. is the chilling effect of always assuming there's a Fed in your ranks, right? And that that chills legitimate protest. Oh sure, and that's a that's a problem. Yep, that's why the uh, the open exchanges of uh, uh, you know bartering and all that kind of stuff have. Uh, slowed down a bit since the uh, the crypto six rates. Yeah, right. It used to be like oh, we would meet generally openly in public, and people would exchange things for as not, you rightfully should, not the USD. And like, even though there's nothing wrong with any of that, nothing illegal with any of that, uh, like those have like sort of you know cooled down a little bit. If you want to go into the woods and do firearms training with your buddies, yeah, 
You should be allowed to without fear of being like infiltrated by the government. All right. So I, th- I think the solution there is just assume it's already happened. Well, like, the problem is people anyway. do well, like, there you go. That's the pro- that's just that's the solution. Do it anyway. Like, okay, y- if that is so, then you don't know how long that's been true. Since you yeah. don't know whether or not that's true, let's just assume that it's always been true. There's always yes. been feds in everything, and here we are not in jail for it. So just do it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast. Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.